We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast What's going on, everybody? Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Appreciate you being here today. What I wanted to do today was take a look back at the Razul Douglas trade. And you might think, Andy, this is a weird time and place to be thinking about the Razul Douglas trade. That happened back in October. We're in the middle of the offseason. There's a new defense. Like we're getting ready for the offseason. Why are we revisiting the Razul Douglas trade? I will tell you why we are revisiting the Razul Douglas trade. As I've been looking and thinking more of the past couple weeks about this new Packers defense with Jeff Halfley, there's been this thing that's just been picking at me and nudging me and saying, hey, think about this. And unfortunately, that thing is, hey, Razul Douglas, you know that corner that they had on the roster last year who was pretty darn good? He would be a picture perfect fit for this Jeff Halfley defense. You want to play more press man to man on the outside. Uh, you want to be a little bit more aggressive and have somebody that's not going to be worried about having to play that style of defense. Guess who would be a pretty perfect fit for that? Razul Douglas. And guess what else? We're talking about as we start going through these mock drafts about Green Bay potentially taking a corner very early in the draft because that outside corner spot could potentially still use some upgrading and they need a slot guy as well. That's not what Razul is, but having an extra corner on the roster, the caliber of Razul Douglas who can fit perfectly in that system, that probably helps cure some of your cornerback issues going into 2024. So that's been gnawing at me thinking of like, hey, I think you'd be a really good fit for the defense. So what we're going to need to do is really look back at this trade, not just with the benefit of hindsight, because newsflash, Brian Gutekinds didn't know what defense Green Bay was going to be playing in 2024, that Jeff Halfley was going to be the defensive coordinator. We have to look at it based on what the trade was at the time. I also want to look at it with the benefit of hindsight. I want to look into everything that went into that deal and sort of re-decide as to whether or not this was the right move for Green Bay to make. I will say right now, ahead of time, that when the trade was made, I thought it was the right move for Green Bay. But for the first time, for the first time, I'm starting to rethink that a little bit, just as exactly because of some of the things that we talked about. He'd be a perfect fit for this defense, would probably stave off needing a corner in this upcoming draft at least a little bit. 
But we need to look at this in full detail to get a great understanding of, hey, was this a good deal for Green Bay? Was this a bad deal for Green Bay? And the best way to look at or start looking at this is by analyzing the actual trade itself. So for those who don't remember, Green Bay traded Razul Douglas and a 2024 fifth round pick for the Bills 2024 third round pick. So it wasn't Razul Douglas for a third round pick. It was basically Razul Douglas for the ability to move up from the fifth round to the third round. And that's a significant difference. Just a top 100 pick straight up for Razul would have been a significant asset, but Buffalo was not willing to make that deal. I'm sure Green Bay asked. Instead, Green Bay had to give back a fifth round pick. Now, a top 100 pick is a lot different usually from a fifth round pick, but Green Bay has had some pretty significant success in the fifth round. In fact, I would argue that Green Bay has actually had much greater success in the fifth round than they've had in the third round, although hopefully, fingers crossed, that is starting to turn around a little bit with maybe Sean Ryan, but certainly with Tucker Craft and what he was able to do uh, coming in really in the second half of the year once Luke Musgrave went down with injury and really seems to have full on broke that third round curse. But that is a different story for a different day. This deal, Razul and a fifth for a third round pick is what ultimately Green Bay was able to get into return. Now, what we need to look at is where Green Bay was at at the time, because we can look at it now and say, hey, this is a playoff team in Green Bay that traded away one of their best players that probably could have helped them in their playoff push and now could probably use him as they're a contender in 2024 and a really good corner on this roster would be very, very helpful. You can look at it with the benefit of hindsight and start putting those pieces together and say, hey, maybe this wasn't the best idea. But we need to look back exactly where Green Bay was at when that trade took place on Halloween, October 31st, 2023. At that time, the Packers were sitting at a record of two and five. More importantly, the Packers had lost four games in a row at that point. So they're coming off four consecutive losses and we're sitting at two and five on the trade deadline. That's not great. And even more, maybe importantly than that, they had the Rams coming up at home. And I, I honestly, I don't know if they knew at the time if it was going to be Brett Rippon. I think there was some thought that maybe Stafford was going to be able to make it back. But either way, they're probably thinking, hey, we're either way, we might have the ability to pick up a win against the Rams at home. But then they had that daunting stretch of four games that was coming up at Steelers, Chargers and Justin Herbert at home, at Lions, Chiefs at home. And if you're being honest, and if you really think back of where Green Bay was at that time, two and five coming off four consecutive losses, you're staring at Steelers, Chargers, at Lions, and Chiefs in the face after that Rams game. Even if you win the Rams game, you're looking at probably one and three in that four game at best is what you're thinking. So three and five plus one and three, you're looking at a four and eight record and probably a very slim chance at the playoffs needing to probably finish the season five and oh, if they wanted any realistic opportunity. And if you remember back at that time, we were all talking about like, man, Steelers, Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, that is going to be an absolute drag. And, you know, Thankfully, Green Bay went through that. And after the Steelers game, which was a loss, they get the wins, you know, three straight wins against Chargers, Lions, and Chiefs and completely changed their season around. But Goody, again, did not know that at the time of the trade. Two and five had lost four consecutive games and things were not going great. That loss to the Vikings, 24 to 10, only put up 10 points on offense. They had some struggles on defense up until Kirk Cousins went out injured in that game. That was a huge, huge portion of that. 
It did not look like Green Bay was in any way, shape, or form ready to compete in 2024, and Goody knew that this was probably going to be a little bit more of a process, and they probably were going to need more young, cheap, talented players to start building this roster back up to open up that window in 2025, 2026, 2027. 2024 and 2025 at the time didn't look great. And that's just the reality of the situation at that time. So Goody could not operate with what he thought maybe could happen. He had to operate on what has been happening. And that was that Green Bay did not make the playoffs in 2022. And now they started two and five and were on a four game losing streak in 2023. And if you look at also the the other aspect of this is that Green Bay also was starting to potentially have a bit of a log jam at corner. This was right about the time where Eric Stokes was coming back. Carrington Valentine had basically started to show that, hey, he needed to play and he needed to show if he could be a starter in this league. You also had Corey Valentine who was playing pretty well. Jair, when healthy, was going to take one of those starting spots. Nixon was in one of those starting spots. So you were starting to get a little bit log jammed and you knew that Stokes was coming back. Now, unfortunately, they didn't know that Stokes would have setback after setback after setback and barely play on the season and that Jair would have issues and so on and so forth. And before you knew it, they had an issue at corner again. But at the time it was looking like, hey, we might need to open up opportunities if we want to get Carrington Valentine and Eric Stokes on the field. We know Jair is going to take one of those spots. None, none of those guys were slot except Keyshawn Nixon, and he wasn't going anywhere. So if you wanted to open up time for Valentine and for Stokes, you kind of needed to make a move anyway. So you start putting this together and saying, you're two and five, you've lost four in a row. The schedule is extremely daunting coming up. And you start, you really need to start opening some opportunities for some younger players. And you're going to be able to pick up a top 100 pick in the process. And you can really understand what was going through Goody's mind at the time. The other thing that we have to recognize is that when you trade a player away, you're not just trading the player, you're trading the contract along with them. And there was over like 6.5 million in savings in 2024 alone for trading, uh, you know, Razul Douglas. There was more that was saved overall in 2025. They saved a little bit in 2023. You're looking at a significant cap savings for trading away Razul Douglas. And there wasn't much cap savings in 2023, but like I said, 2024 there is, and they're going to be able to go out and spend a little bit more money because they no longer have Razul on contract. So it's not, now you you could easily make the argument, hey, we would rather just have Razul, which I get, I understand we're going through all of that today, but we do have to put that into the equation as well, especially when you consider there was opportunity for players like Stokes and Valentine to step up. At least that was the thought at the time. The team was not playing well and you had a legitimate offer to get a top 100 pick in return, even if you did have to throw in a fifth, get off some of the salary, start building towards younger players. And it made sense in the concept of what was going on at that time. So we also have to look at what Razul Douglas was in order to fully understand this better as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From one side of things, it's important to note that Razul was having a great season. In fact, he ended up my third highest graded Packer on the season for Green Bay, and he was traded away at the end of October. Like they were two and five. They were only seven games in. He only played seven games and he still ended up my third highest graded Packer on defense. So he was having a great season. He ended up having a really good season in Buffalo as well. It was a fantastic year for Razul Douglas. However, he was 29 years old. He's going to be 30 this off season. He's only under contract through 2024. And at the time, as we just discussed, it did not look like 2023 or 2024 were legitimate windows to compete for a championship. Now we know differently now because 2023 came pretty freaking close and 2024, you're hoping that they're going to continue on that upward trajectory. But at the time they did not know that. And a 30 year corner, 30 year old corner who, you know, was I don't want to say expendable, but like you had players ready to come in and take that spot who actually kind of needed to play and a team that wasn't ready to compete on that timeline, plus some salary cap savings, you can all of a sudden start putting together a really strong story as to why this was done at the time. And that was why at the time of the deal and really up until recently, I fully understood, fully supported and agreed with the decision to trade Razul Douglas, get a top 100 pick, get off some of that money and start building a team that can win in the future. Now, what Green Bay ultimately ended up giving up now that we sort of know the terms of the deal based on where the draft is at right now, Green Bay received pick 91 from Buffalo. They gave up pick what is expected to be around 159. Some of that can change a little bit based on uh, where compensatory picks come in. Those are not finalized as of yet, but they likely gave up pick somewhere around 159. That's what it's projected to be right now. So the difference between 159 and 91, they moved up 68 spots in the draft. That's not an insignificant jump up the draft board. The the equivalent of that, dependent upon what draft board you use, is the equivalent of an early fourth round pick. So again, for those who are thinking, well, they got a third round pick for Razul, you have to take that fifth round pick into consideration. And if you sort of even those out using some of the trade value charts, it comes to about an early fourth round pick is what they ultimately got in exchange. Again, they also got some salary cap savings along with that as well. Now, after the trade took place, and this is where we get some of the benefit of hindsight stuff, Razul played extremely well in Buffalo. He did have a couple injuries, if I remember correctly, but when he played, he played very, very well, came up with some big interceptions. But Green Bay went seven and three after the trade. They beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, as you know. They lose to the 49ers in the divisional round. But then you have to start asking yourself, all right, what if? What if they lost to the 49ers by three points in the divisional round? If they have a Razul Douglas out there at corner, does that make up the three-point difference? Maybe, maybe not. Tough to say. Juwan Jennings had five catches for 61 yards in that game. 
That's a matchup that Razul would probably do very, very well with. Could he help limit some of those yards? Maybe. Now, Carrington Valentine ends up starting at that outside corner spot opposite Jair. And if that was not Valentine, it would have likely been Razul Douglas. Per PFF, Carrington Valentine gave up only one reception on two attempts for 17 total yards. But we also know that Razul is a better run defender, better playmaker. Like maybe it would have made the difference. Could that have propelled them past San Francisco? Maybe past Detroit? Who's to know? Who's to say? But that's sort of an interesting what if, and that's one of the questions that you have to ask yourself with the benefit of hindsight. And now, again, knowing that they legitimately competed against the 49ers and were a couple games away from the Super Bowl, with the benefit of hindsight, we know that the Packers were basically contenders in 2023 surprisingly, based on where they were at two and five when they traded Douglas, and now are legitimate contenders in 2024. We have to take into consideration that they will save money from Razul not being on the team in 2024. They ultimately save about over $10 million over the course of the three seasons that, you know, 23, 24, and then the void years that they had in 2025 that already accelerated. They will have some some cap savings here, but he would have only cost 6.5 million more in 2024 if they wanted to keep him. And Razul right now on a one-year $6.5 million deal in 2024, even if there does, yeah, it would have had some void years in 2025 and, and so on and so forth. That doesn't sound so bad. That sounds like he probably would be a pretty good deal at that contract on a team that's ready to compete in 2024 in a perfect fit for Jeff Halfley's system. Like all of those things you sort of need to look back at and kind of consider. The contract actually looks pretty solid in hindsight. And as I mentioned, I think he would be a perfect fit in Jeff Halfley's new defense. And that's really the whole impetus of me sort of going over this in the first place is it's again, it's just been gnawing at me of like, man, this is the style that they want to play. And like the corner who plays that exact style at a very high level is the guy that they traded away at the trade deadline to the Buffalo Bills. And that sort of brings me to my ultimate final verdict here. As I take everything into consideration, where Green Bay was at at the time, the deal that they made, getting a top 100 pick, having some savings, knowing that he probably could have helped out a little in that 49ers game, um, knowing that you know he probably would be a perfect fit right now, those are benefit of hindsight things. But here's my final ultimate verdict on this entire trade and whether or not it was a good deal, bad deal, whatever you want to say, here's where I'm at. Number one, hindsight, of course, is 2020. I don't think we really get to cherry pick and, and, and look at this with just the benefit of knowing what we know now, meaning Rizul went on to have a fantastic rest of the season, knowing that the Packers have now moved to a defense that's a perfect fit for Rizul Douglas, and knowing that the Packers went on to compete at a very high level in 2023 and are looking to even go above and beyond that in 2024. Goody just did not know that at the time. So it's really hard to hold that against him just because we now have the benefit of hindsight. Number two, while I think this is totally unrelated, I don't think that it's a apples to apples situation at all, at all. I want to be very clear with this. What I will say is this, after trading away Rizul Douglas, the Packers took off from that point. They go, what, like seven and three the remainder of the season. They win the playoff game against the Cowboys. They ultimately lose to the 49ers. But after they traded Razul, the team just played a whole heck of a lot better. I want to say it one more time. I am not saying that trading Razul made the Packers get better. 
But, but what I will add in and sprinkle into this mix is the team did start playing better. And while I don't think subtracting a good player is what amounted to that, sometimes, sometimes when a team sees a GM trade away a player, the caliber of Razul Douglas, that can sometimes light a fire. That can sometimes, it could go the opposite direction too, but sometimes players could be like, man, he's been one of our best players and they traded him away. They traded him away. We could be on the cut list or we could get traded in the future, whatever it might be. Maybe that was the message that ultimately needed to be sent. Maybe some of the young guys needed to take notice of like, okay, if we don't turn this around, like there could be massive changes around here because we are, we lost four in a row and they traded away Razul. My point being here is we don't know what the butterfly effect would have been of keeping Razul around. Maybe it would have been better. Maybe it would have been worse. Maybe that message would not have gotten across to the players. And again, my ultimate belief is that it's totally separated, that they really don't have anything to do with each other. They traded Razul and it just happened that they took off from that point forward. But Jordan got better after that. The Packers got better after that. And I'm excited now where Green Bay is. And I don't want to mess with the butterfly effect too much of going back and saying, hey, let's sprinkle Razul back in and see if it gets better. But maybe it gets worse. We just don't know. And if I had the ability to go back in time, I'm not sure I would change anything because I like everything from that point forward went pretty darn well for Green Bay the remainder of the season and is looking to trend in the same direction. So that's the number two thing. Number three, I ultimately also don't believe that Razul would have been the difference in 2024. I don't think sprinkling Razul back into the equation ultimately gets them past San Francisco and then Detroit and then Kansas City. Anything's possible. Who knows? Maybe there's a multiverse out there where the Packers keep Razul and they win the Super Bowl. Personally, I just don't think that's the case. Could he still help them then in 2025? Maybe. But like I said, we just don't know how the rest of that season would have went had they kept Razul and things went pretty darn great after that point totally separate in all likelihood, but it still went better. And I kind of don't want to change too many variables there. I also think that the savings will be helpful. The, the money that they save by trading them away will be able to be used in 2024. I also think that the top 100 pick could be extremely valuable dependent upon how they go about using that. Maybe it's a, a ability to trade up. Maybe they trade down. Maybe they just use it. Whatever it might be, it's going to give Goody a lot more ammunition and ability to sort of move up and down the draft board or just select a lot of guys that he likes in the top 100 by utilizing that pick as well. So my final, final, final verdict here is that while it's complicated, and while I would not be upset or offended by anyone, if you think that the deal was not smart or that you wish that Razul Douglas would have stuck around and you think he maybe could have been the difference, I understand it. It's very complex. And like I said, he, in, with now the benefit of hindsight, would be a great fit on this defense. The salary cap hit that he would have taken would not have been exorbitant. It would have been a real opportunity to add a legitimate, really good corner perfect fit for the system and let him go out and play opposite Jair next year. But we also saw those corners go out and play and it didn't always have perfect results either. I think ultimately Green Bay needed to make some of the changes that they made. Part of that was trading away Razul. And again, while it's complicated, while it's complex, I will say that with knowing what we knew at the time, I'm going to stick with my gut reaction to the trade when the trade took place and say, I get it. I understand it. And I probably still would have gone through with it knowing what we knew then. Knowing what we know now changes things a little bit and changes the calculus, but that's a really tough flame to hold Brian Gutekunst against when 
he didn't have that ability to know where Green Bay was headed at that time. So final verdict, I would have stuck with the trade. I would still do it, but it is gnawing at me a little bit more knowing what we know now and how perfect of a fit he would have potentially been in Jeff Halfley's defense. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wild, Shabra Dad, Brandon Paletta, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Donald Lee, Lori Lord, Baby QB, David McCluskey, and Donald Decker. I will see you guys soon, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.